Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to the first class of a six-part series called Finding the Father's Face. I'm making this recording primarily for the men of the Watford Church of Christ. This is a series we're doing together on Wednesday nights through September, October and November. And this is for those of you that wanted to review the material we looked at just last night, or if you weren't able to be there, you'll be able to catch up with it. So Finding the Father's Face. What's the point of this series? Well, one of the big questions in the Christian life is how can we become more like Christ? What is the way for the transformation that God has in mind for us once we've received this new life because of repentance, baptism, the Holy Spirit comes into us? We've been given that new life, but then how do we grow into what Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 and thereabouts? in terms of that transformation into the likeness of Christ. How does that actually happen? And a lot of it is to do with our understanding about the true nature of our Father God. Now, of course, we learn about the nature of our Father God through uh, the Scriptures primarily. And in that way, as we learn about our Father God, we, um, we get to know him on a more personal, deeper, intimate level. It's seeking his face, isn't it? I think it talks about that in scripture in various places. And I don't know about you, but I, if I speak to somebody only over the phone and never see their face, I don't feel like I really know them, no matter, no matter how many times I talk to them. But when I see their face, it just changes something there. And for us to be able to truly see God's face, our Father God's face, we've got to come to grips with some of the filters that get in the way. And the way we're brought up, the way we think, the way we've been taught to think about Father God in some ways can be helpful, but can also be a barrier to truly seeing that face clearly. So I'm hoping that this series will help you and I together to more clearly see, more accurately see the true face of our Father God and thereby to enjoy him better and allow him to transform us into the greater Christ-likeness that he has in mind for us. Now, although... The scriptures in general teach us a great deal about our Father God. There's an angle on this that I, I came to my attention more recently that I think is very helpful, and this is the angle we're going to take on uh, the next in the next few classes, which is this: uh, having read, I'm still reading uh, a wonderful book called *The Good and Beautiful God*, uh, which I can recommend. Although th th this is where the inspiration for these ideas comes from, or that you don't have to read the book to enjoy this course, but if you do read it, you'll get a lot out of it. But the point that he makes in the book is that the way that Jesus relates to his Father God teaches us how we can relate to our Father God. Lots of information in the scriptures about Father God, all of them valuable, but there's something a bit different about saying, okay, how did Jesus relate to the Father God? And how? what does that teach me about that? About how, how? In what way did Jesus reveal the face of God, you could say, the Father God? And in particular, the Lord's Prayer is very valuable in this. In Matthew chapter 6, for example, because Jesus is teaching there not only on prayer, he's teaching us about Father God, because the first part of the prayer is our Father in heaven. We're talking to our Heavenly Father as he did. And what he, what Jesus teaches us there about what to talk about, what to ask for, what to request, teaches us something about the nature of our Father God. And so we're going to take what's revealed in this prayer and look at six things that are revealed over the next few weeks. And today I'll introduce that and talk about one of them, and then we'll look at one per uh, class over the next little while.
So we're hoping at the end of all this that we'll understand our Father God better through what's revealed in the Lord's Prayer. We'll come to know him better and enjoy our Father God more than ever before. And prayerfully also, because most of us watching and listening to this, at least in the Watford Church, are fathers, I'm hoping that we can become, all of us, whether you're an empty nester like me or someone with young children at home, that we can all become more of a Father God-like father to our children. And then also, whether we have children or not, that we can represent our Father God more accurately to the world and then make him thus more more known and more attractive for people to get to know him. And it matters, as is quoted in the book, this quote from A.W. Tozer, it matters because, to quote Tozer, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Were we able to extract from any man a complete answer to the question, what comes into your mind when you think about God, we might predict with certainty the spiritual future of that man. I think there's so much truth in that. So now for today, let's just uh, refresh our thoughts as to what we learn about Father God from the Lord's Prayer. So briefly, we'll go through it. Uh, he's teaching us, of course, Jesus, not only what to pray about, but who we're praying to. Father, our Father in heaven, Father in heaven, in Jewish cosmology, heaven did not refer to a place that's far away. Heaven referred to the surrounding atmosphere, the very air they breathe. So when he's saying Father in heaven or in the heavenlies, he's not talking about a distant God, but one who's in the air around. So therefore, our Father God is nearby. Then, hallowed be your name. Our Father God is holy. Holiness has to do with purity. Jesus is teaching us that there is nothing bad about God. God can neither sin nor participate in evil. In one word, God is pure. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's telling us that Father God is powerful. If we're asking him to do these things, which are only, only possible by the ultimate power of the deity, then we are trusting that our Father God is powerful. Give us today our daily bread is revealing to us that our Father God is caring. Why ask for your daily bread if you don't expect to receive it, but we do receive it from a caring Father God. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. It teaches us that our Father God is forgiving. He wants to forgive. He's eager to forgive. It's what he really loves to do. And lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one tells us that our Father God is protector. Six things in this prayer about our Father God. He's nearby, he's holy, he's powerful, he's caring, he's forgiving, and he is our protector. Those are our themes for these classes. Briefly then today, our Father God is nearby. Let's talk about this for a moment. In what sense is our Father God nearby? Acts 17, 27, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. He's not far. How did you grow up? Did you grow up thinking of God as distant or not? Philippians 4, verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. In John 14, 23, John 14, 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we, we will come to them and make our home with them. The father is at home when he's in you. He's with you at home, with Jesus. That's, that's near. I don't know about 
how near the Father God can get. He can't get any nearer than being in me. <laughs> He's made his home in me. And Luke 15, this picture of the nature of Father God, uh, as the prodigal comes back, still a long way off, his father saw him filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, kissed him. God hugging, God kissing, Father God doing those things. That's a near Father God, isn't it? And then this last one, illustrating something between God, Father, Father God and, uh, and Jesus. John 12, uh, 27 to 30, Jesus says, my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Not save me, but glorify your name. A voice came from heaven. I have glorified it. This is Father God speaking in response and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit not mine. In other words, Jesus was already aware of the nearness of his Father God, but his Father God revealed his nearness to the people around so that they would know how near he was. Our Father God is nearby. The big question that we talked about, one of the big questions we talked about last night, and I can't re reproduce the discussion we had here. It was rich, it was vulnerable, it was a, it was a wonderful time with the men of the Watford Church. I recommend if you're in the Watford area, if you want to come along, come to some of these Wednesday nights because they can be life changing. I'm really grateful for what I learned last night uh, from the discussion. But one of the key things I would bring out here right now for perhaps you to think about and then perhaps you could think and pray about this and then call somebody and say, this is what I'm learning. What are you learning about the fact that God is nearby? And one of the key things is, do we really believe he's nearby? And if we do believe that, do we want to experience him as nearby? Because here's the thing. If we have the wrong model of Father God in our minds, we, don't, we may not want that Father God to be nearby. If your Father God is a, a stern, severe judge, if he is the kind of Father God who is um, sitting up in heaven with uh, enormous banks of CCTV cameras keeping an eye on everybody in the world and there's yours and every time you, you're you weak or you're sin or you don't live up to your calling there's a red light flashes on that CCTV screen and he peers down and thinks right or he's or she's in trouble uh, I can't wait to get my hands on them and, and exact some retribution for their wrongdoing if that's your view of Father God you don't want that Father God nearby do you? I certainly don't and there may be things in your background and your experience of people around you in influential figures or teaching outside or inside of church that have led you to have a less than complete and healthy perspective on the nature of who your father god is now our father god is holy and we'll talk about that um, soon but his nearbyness was never a threat for jesus so therefore, his nearbyness for you and I should never feel threatening. And when it does, it means that there's something that needs maturing in us to help us to have that more accurate, healthy picture of our Father God. He is near us, wants us to know his nearness, wants us to experience it and to enjoy it, to find strength from that nearness as Jesus did. So I leave you with a few questions and then ask you to make some comments. If Father God is nearby, 
what does that mean? What does that mean for you? If Father God is nearby, how can we be more aware of this reality? How can you know that as a reality, as an experience, not just as a something you understand and believe in your head? And if Father God is nearby, how can we enjoy his presence? What helps us to enjoy it? And for you fathers out there, I'd like to parallel the same questions thinking about our role as fathers. So firstly, what does it mean to be nearby our children? Nearby. Uh, and I think the word nearby is important, as in not controlling our children and not being absent, being nearby, being available. What does it mean for you to be nearby your children? That might change a little bit, of course, depending on the age of your children, but what does it mean? Secondly, how can we help our children to be more aware of our availability? How can they be more aware of our availability so that when they need it, they know and believe and trust they can access it? Thirdly, what can we do so that our children enjoy our presence and don't just fear it or be terrified by the prospect or not enjoy it? At least mo I know sometimes as a father, your role isn't to necessarily make your children's life just enjoyable. However, generally speaking, shouldn't they enjoy our presence? And how can we be, be with them in such a way that they can enjoy our presence? So those are the questions. Next time we'll talk about Father God being holy. If you've got questions or thoughts about that, do let me know. If you want to join us on a Wednesday, email me, malcolm at malcolmcox.org, and I'll pass on the details. I'll keep recording these over the next few uh, weeks. We have two classes in September, two in October, two in uh, November. And I'd love to know what you think about all this. Till the next time, I hope you enjoy the presence of your Father God, Him being nearby, willing and able to, to go through life with you, support you in your discipleship, encourage you in your worship, inspire you in your outreach, making a difference to this world that needs Him so much. Till the next time, take care and God bless. <laughs>